0: You know, I look back at some of the people that were big impacts in my life that, you know, I looked up to my grandpa being the biggest and, you know, hearing the stories of how just great of a guy he was, you know, made me want to be, be that. I tell everyone all the time I'm on I'm person, but I'd love to have the same traits he did and, and, and carry on that legacy that he built of being that person.
1: So, why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country, and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know? And could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmen.
2: Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome
1: to the Impact Without Limits Podcast. Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Today we're bringing a bonus episode. We are excited to have a special guest with us. We have professional NASCAR driver Jeffrey Earnhardt with us today. Hello, Jeffrey. Welcome.
0: Thank you all for having me.
1: Absolutely. So uh, we just kind of wanted to
2: spend a little time talking about, uh, again, the Frevelon story, being people of impact, uh, how it intersects with your story, Jeffrey a little bit about how you got uh, started in racing and your family history, and then um, just the intersection of of our two lives, these two um, paths we've been on and and what the result of that was over the past year. Tell us a little about, about your story. Obviously, Dale Earnhardt Sr., your grandfather, Dale Earnhardt Jr., most people know, your uncle, your dad was also in racing, Kerry Earnhardt, and here you are. Um, third generation, actually fourth generation because of Ralph Earnhardt, oh. and here I am telling your story. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously growing up in the Earnhardt family was uh, was different. You I know, mean, as a kid, I, I didn't realize it was different because I just grew up living that lifestyle. But, um, you know, growing up as your grandfather being the intimidator was, to me, it was just I had a really cool grandpa that got to drive yep. 200 miles an hour. You know, I, I didn't realize at the time the impact he had on people and, and or our sport even. So as a kid growing up, you know, I was just doing kid things. Didn't really care to race, and obviously my dad was racing. I was, got to travel with him quite a bit and was was always in the mix. But I just never, I don't, I don't know. I just never thought you know racing was something I was going to do. So so when when did
2: that change for you? I mean, obviously at some point it's like, hey, <laughs> I, I think I want to race and. Uh, what what triggered that for you, and what did you do? How'd how that start?
0: So, you know, fast forward to, you know, I think I was 12 years old. There was a local dirt track where my stepmom's from in Withfield, Virginia. It's actually in Royal Treat, but they call it With Raceway. And um, I would always go up there and hang out, you know, on the weekends and watch the dirt races. And, you know, obviously my grandpa had passed at this point, but, um, you know, I, I just – was always around and, and thought it was really cool to, you know, go and hang out with, you know, the local guys that were the racing hero, local heroes, you know, and, and uh, actually got to, you know, help pack the track in, you know, dirt tracks. You got to pack them in with old junk cars that they got sitting out in the parking lot and you just driving um, around. Yeah. And you just drive them around and, and pack the the mud after they water the track. And so I was doing that. Well, they started this series where kids from 12 to 18 could run and I was 12 at the time. So I was like, man, this would be cool. You know, like I want to go racing. And so I went to my dad and I was like, you know, what do you think about, you know, if I, if I started, you know, racing up there and he was like, nope, 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 not, not having it for two years, actually begging him like to go race, just didn't want nothing to do with it. And, Finally, I was 14 years old, and he said, "Look, if you want to race, you got to go find your sponsors and a race car." And I was like, "Dang, like, <laughs> you know, 14 years old? How am I? Gonna, I don't know how to do that, you know." So, um luckily, that you know, some of the family friends in the area they already sponsored cars at the at that local dirt track, and I was like, "Well, I'll start with those guys. You know, they're they're already in in that sport. Maybe they can." sponsor me or point me in the right direction. So I went to one of them, uh, Mark for Honda and Suzuki. They sold, you know, four wheelers, dirt bikes, uh, you know, wave runner, stuff like that. And I was like, Hey, you know, my dad said, if I can find this stuff, I can go race. And he said, well, I just happen to have a car for that series sitting here for sale. I was like, all right. He's like, well, I'll supply the car, but you know, you find someone that's going to help back it financially and we'll go race. So another great friend of mine, uh, Jim Hilton on Cedar Springs fish farm in, uh, Speedwell, Virginia had a, a big trout farm up there. And I grew up as a kid, you know, in the summers I would go out and get up in the morning. He'd let me drive the truck down to the Creek and he'd, you know, stock the Creek with trout and people would come and pay to fish. Well, um, he, you know, he had already sponsored several cars up there and he's like, I went to him he's like, shoot, yeah, let's do it. You know, he's like, i'll i'll help fund it and so i went back to my dad i was like all right i got a car and and one good sponsor and he's like all right well i guess you're going racing then so we picked up a couple other little local sponsors um you know like one of them was discount tire not the big corporate discount tire but like just a local discount tire shop that sold tires um a barbecue joint that fed us every saturday um and it was it was just really cool to go and kind of piece that together, you know, myself. And I think my I mean, I'm glad my dad made me do it because his idea was to show me that it's not here's a car, go race. You know, it's you gotta work for it and and learn the business behind, you know, what makes it all all work. So it was it was pretty cool. Yeah,
2: we're we're learning <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're learning a little bit about that now as we go <laughs> we through this. So tell me about the first time you're in a car on an asphalt track doing 150, 180, approaching 200 miles per hour. What, what's that like? There has to be a moment where you go from one style of racing to the next. Is, is it a big jump as it seems like it would be mentally and physically?
0: It, yes. It, it, was, it was a very drastic – I mean, at the time, all I'd ran was like a local short track, asphalt track, and you're reaching speeds maybe like 115, maybe. So, I get an opportunity to go through this GM developmental program – Um, which is basically like a combine for NFL. It's, you know, the combine of NASCAR. So you have, you know, scouts from all your big race teams out there. Um, you know, you have different scenarios that you have to perform in and they're recording data off all the cars uh, and, and judging your ability to drive off all this data that they're collecting. So the first one was like um a nationwide car well, at the time it was nationwide but uh xfinity series car on a little short track um uh, you know i don't even think it was a half mile short track and we ran on that and then we went to a dirt track and drove a dirt car a dirt late model and and did that well then they made a cut out of i don't know how many drivers there were i don't know probably 30 plus drivers and i think 11 of us maybe got to go to the final stage which was at the nashville speedway which we just went back and raced at this year and they had just built the place it was i don't mean i think they had just put the f- garages up so it was a brand new place i had never been at a track that was this size and um you know i'm 16 years old so i hop in this car and i just remember you know they're like you know like, if, if you get loose on radial tires, like, you're pretty much wrecked. Like, you're not going to save it. And then I remember um, Ron Hornaday was the guy that was, you know, kind of coaching us all through this. And um, I remember, you know, on the front stretch when you track back out to the wall and, you know, you're going 100 and something mile an hour, there was hash lines on the wall. Well, it just looked like a solid line. You know, it didn't look <laughs> like hash lines when you were going one hundred and fifty mile an hour going off in the corner. And I remember getting loose and I'm thinking, you know, I'm wrecked. They said, they said, you get loose, you're wrecked. And somehow I saved it. It was just such a eye opener to go from something so, you know, small to now here we are going 150 plus mile an hour on a bigger track, in a bigger car and, and in front of a, a, a pressured crowd. Cause you're being, you know, you're, you're being judged on everything you're doing. So yep. it was, a, uh, it was like a, a big wake up call really quick, but it was. It was such a rush, and and you know, obviously, you know, I feel like us as race car drivers are adrenaline junkies, so it was it was kind of kind of pretty cool at the same time.
1: Yeah, I got to say, I I was not really a NASCAR <laughs> fan, didn't follow it much, and didn't even understand what was involved. But we had the opportunity first of all, uh, you know, we got to sponsor your your uh, car this season, uh, the black and green grass machine. That uh, was fun. Fun car to to see out on the track, but then we had the opportunity to ride with you. Did a ride along at the uh, NASCAR yeah. Experience in oh, Vegas, Vegas. Yeah. and uh, it was just an amazing ride. And, and I, you know, for somebody that hasn't done that, um, it was slightly disorienting as a passenger. And I just remember thinking, I don't know how you could go even faster than the speeds we were traveling and doing it with all these cars around you and staying focused for for a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, so can you talk just a little bit about kind of the, you know, I, it is a professional athlete. Like what's it like to, to be in those moments in the, uh, level of focus and intensity and, and even physical stamina that it takes to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's at, at, at the end of the day, I feel like anyone can drive a race car, but to do it and be, and do it competitively. That's it's just like any other sport. Like we can all throw a football, but do it competitively. Like, you know, be. I've seen
1: some that can't throw a <laughs> well, football. Yeah. But- okay, yeah, maybe I, I should retract
0: because <laughs> I can't even throw a football that great. But over the years, you, you know, as you come up through the ranks, like you're getting fed a little more and a little more each time. And so when you do get there, it's not as big of a shot. So for me, it's like, you know, it's not as crazy feeling as I guess it would be to someone that's never done it. But at the same time, you're like, man, this could go wrong really quick. And, and so obviously, you know, your intensity level is really high. Your, um, heart rates to the roof, you know, I've worn, um, the heart rate monitors that on that go on your chest and you're carrying, you know, 130 heart rate throughout, uh, you know, two, three hour race. And then you would see a peak if there was a crash or something in front of you to 170 plus. And it's like. Man, like this is this is showing the physical, you know, side of it. You know, that's that's physically demanding on your body. And then you got the heat. You've seen heat inside of a race car, you know, up to over 150 degrees is the highest I've seen it, but mm. you know, on average 120, I would say, during the summer. And then the mental focus part is just so mentally draining to where you you can't lose focus at all. Like there's not one moment. I mean, even under caution, you're having to focus on what adjustments to relay the message message to the crew chief, where he can make the right adjustments. So it's like the focus never stops. And when it does things normally go wrong. <laughs> so it is, it's, it's, it's way more than I think a lot of people realize, in my opinion, any professional sport is when anyone can look at it on TV and say, that's easy. I can do that. Yeah. You know, cause they make it look easy.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I think I'd put myself in that category. It looked easy until you've, you've been up close and personal. You now we, we talk about, you know, this is the impact without limits podcast. We talk about being people of impact. And I think, you know, we were, um, excited to partner with you, um, to, to spread the name of forever. I think what's impressed us most is we've had the opportunity. Or what's impressed me most is just the type of person you are. And I, I think, you know, I, I see you and I don't know if it's intentional, if it's just ingrained, but. Whenever people come up to you, um, you don't see it as a bother. You, you don't you don't brush people off. We're in a restaurant and somebody comes up and they want to get a picture. They want an autograph. You take time to engage that. Um, even after a race, you're exhausted. You're tired. Somebody comes up. A kid comes up. You're willing to sign a hat, share with them. Is that something that's intentional for you, a way to make an impact? Or is that just the way you were raised? Or, or what's led to that?
0: And one of the cool things in – my life is, is here, and I call it a Dale story. And I feel like, you know, you go to the racetrack, and so many fans have a Dale story where they met. Wait, Michael. wait,
1: wait! You're you're not that's, saying a dale like the artist. Not, yeah. He's not saying Adele Adele like yeah. Dale like Dale
2: carney I think I'm, he
0: means maybe uh, maybe Dale Senior. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like I I got a lot of Dale carney stories, but <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> um, but no, you know, so many fans that got the opportunity to meet my grandfather, and you know, just hearing their stories. He was such a just normal guy to, to fans. And, you know, everyone says, you know, he was just a normal blue collar guy that appreciated and respected, you know, what people did. And in return, they respected him for that. And that's always kind of just stuck in my head, you know, over the years, just knowing that if you don't see yourself any different than anyone else, then one, they're going to respect you more, but two, you're just you're just a better person for that you know like no one's any better than anyone and you see so many of these drivers that don't take the time i get you know you know in different situations you know you're busy whatever but there's a balance for all that and and i feel like you know that's something i've always tried to focus on balancing well and 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 really making sure to take the time to spend with people that are spending. I mean, I've I've talked to fans, and they'll you know save up a whole year just to take one race, one trip to a racetrack. And I'm like, you saved up all you all your money and blew it all to come watch us race. Like that's that's huge. So you know that's been an impact. You know, you talk about impact. That's an impact on me because I'm like, man, like these people care that much to come support us or watch us race. And then on the other hand, you you meet kids, and you realize how much of an impact you are on that kid. And I'm like, man, like, you know, I'm, I'm someone these kids look up to. I, you know, maybe I can make an impact on their life. Maybe they're going to be the next superstar in in racing. Maybe if I'm just this much of it, that's, that's something to me. So I've always, you know, liked the thought of, you know, being impactful towards people. Um, You know, obviously there's been people in my life that have impacted me and y'all obviously being a big part of that, you know, in this past year and a half that we've known each other. But, you know, I look back at some of the people that were big impacts in my life that, you know, I looked up to my grandpa being the biggest and, you know, hearing the stories of how just great of a guy he was, you know, made me want to be, be that I tell everyone all the time I'm, I'm on person, but I'd love to have the same traits he did and, and, and carry on that legacy that he built of being that person.
2: Yeah, that's, that's really good. So, I, I want to jump up to 2021. Um, Frevelon and Jeffrey Earnhardt had met. We did a couple races at the uh, end of the 2020 season, and then we made a decision to partner and sponsor, uh, with you in, in, in 2020 on JD Motorsports. Um, and look, we talk about the Frevelon F's, um, you know, uh, tops on the list faith, family. Um, we have friends, freedom, fun. Uh, I think with you here, we're adding fast as <laughs> one of the Fs. But as as we were looking at getting into NASCAR, it was a big commitment. It was a, a lot of money. It's something we hadn't done before, but we were doing it because we wanted to continue um, building our brand and being able to be people of impact from the business side of things. But there was this story that that comes along, which was you know involved our daughter McKenna, who passed three and a half years ago. And her connection to Harvest Church out in California with Pastor Greg Laurie. And we just wanted to, uh, as we were doing this, we figured we have this car, we have this stage, we have this huge audience at NASCAR. We wanted to share a message and share a message of hope, share a message of our faith. So we, we, we reached out to Harvest and asked them if they would be okay if we promoted their ministry on the back of the car. First, I think I asked you, I was like, Jeffrey, if, if we do this thing, is this going to be good? And you said, yes. So we end up putting a message, find hope at harvest.org on the back of the car. And um, second race, we had it on the car. I think we were down <laughs> in Charlotte. Tell me what happened. Your car got a little bit loose. What happened?
0: Yeah. Might've been pushing the, pushing the limits there a little and, and got loose, tagged the wall. Um, not drastic damage, but just enough to knock the back cover loose. And I don't know if you want to finish. Yeah. I, I,
2: I was not able to be at that race because we had a wedding that day and, um, I was home watching it on TV and saw you hit the wall and it peeled the back, you say back cover. A lot of people call it the bumper. I know yeah. it's not the bumper, but peel, peeled that tail panel off. And it was waving in the wind, like a flag, like a banner flying behind a plane and TV cameras focusing on it, national TV. And there's the banner, find hope harvest.org on, on display for, I think it was, I timed it 30 seconds and they were talking about it and that it was probably going to fall off and it didn't fall off. And that was just, it was such a moment for me. I look, I want you to win. (laughs) I, I don't want you to wreck Jeffrey. But I was fist pumping, and I was just like, oh my goodness God God is amazing he is, and to take that message that we wanted to get out to a large audience, and yeah, on the back of your car is great, but actually during a race, not that many people are gonna see that, yeah, and to put it on full display like that was just um, uh, I don't know it's uh I shouldn't be surprised, but when I think about it I really am,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, it just shows you know god's God's working nonstop and and that was his work you yeah and you know like you said that this was a big part of of this partnership was to you know carry on this message and you know it was pretty pretty cool how i mean any other time that that bumper cover would have flown off without it I, I know i it's just a, I, like I, like i mean it stayed right there <laughs> it's normally flapping in the wind and, and it didn't it was it was pretty cool to see
1: so this is, and it's been kind of crazy. We talked about the intersection of these stories, but so I remember when Dale first wanted to put Harvest on the back and I said, you may want to actually call and ask them if that's okay. <laughs> but in doing that, it started this relationship, but between us or and Harvest, we got a chance to, to meet Greg and Lori. We'd met him before, but meet him again. Um, and, and you actually had a chance to go out with Dale to the, uh, Harvest Crusade, Crusade. out in Southern California. Um, it just it's it's amazing how these stories weave together. But talk just a little bit about that and and what that's what that was like.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously like I said this familyship, friendship that I've created with y'all has, has I like that word familyship. family-ship. That was yeah.
2: that was good.
0: <laughs> you know, it's it's had a huge impact in my life. You know, I've had things in this past year that happened in my life that were not very easy. And, you know, I feel like this, this is a, all, you know, because God put you on in my life and, you know, wait, wait,
1: the not easy things were because of us.
0: <laughs> no, no, the easy, the, God,
1: this,
2: God the, put the, us there to help. Yeah. 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 God put like, you on there to Thorn in the flesh. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, um, you know, getting to, you know, go out and, and, experience the harvest crusade, you know, obviously went to pastor Greg's service, the, Weekend, was the weekend yeah, before, weekend before. then come back to the Harvest Crusade and just see the impact that that he has, and, and and you know the way God's working through him to to display this amazing message is is incredible. Through all this, it has brought faith stronger into my life, and you know y'all are the the start of that. You know, it started with y'all coming in my life. I've seen God's work at play so many times in the past year and a half that. You know, it, it's it's just amazing. It really is, and you know that's it's been it's been incredible. And like I said, I can never uh, you know say thank y'all enough for just all of it.
2: Well, I'll say you're welcome because you said thank you, but <laughs> we can say the same thing back. You've you've been amazing. You've been a, a tremendous partner from a business standpoint and from the NASCAR standpoint, but uh, much more than that. Uh, you've you've been a friend, and and now certainly I'd call you. Family, and uh, I, I think we said it earlier, but you are officially part of Carmy's army. So <laughs> we'll get you the t-shirt and have you have you join the club. But we we love having you on there. So you're a race car driver. You're a person of impact. We're business owners. We have an opportunity to be people of impact. Pastor Greg, as a preacher, he has opportunity to be person of impact, but. I don't know. A lot of times I think people think that, uh, that person of impact goes to somebody in a certain position or a certain level or somebody that has, uh, I don't know, been trained a certain way. It isn't that way. Anybody and everybody. And you even commented a lot of the people that come to the races have the opportunity to impact your life by the, the dedication they've shown to get there, the things they've done, the things they share with you, the stories they share. So it's kind of a neat story. And, um, I'm looking forward to 2022 yeah. and to find out, uh, you know, what's in store. And, um, let, let me ask you this. Oh, you know, you're, you're right now, as we record this, you're trying to figure out what 2022 looks like and maybe it's not 2022, but what would it mean for you to drive the number three car?
0: I mean, obviously, you know, it would be huge. It's, you know, would just be such an honor to, you know, like, like I said, carrying on that legacy that my grandfather built and, and keeping that legacy going it, it is a a lot behind why I, I continue to push and, and pursue racing. He's been through all the hard times because, you know, I, I know that's what he would want me to do. And I know how hard he worked to build it and um to get the opportunity to Put Earnhardt back in the three car, and 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 carry that on, and give the fans that Earnhardt in the number three. You know, obviously a much different Earnhardt. You know, uh, I don't think I'll ever be. I don't don't know if I could fill one of his boots, let alone both of them. You know, so, um, you know, to to you know to say I'm gonna fill those shoes is uh, not even my goal. You know, but to carry on what he what he was it is is my goal and, and carry on what he believed in and you know the impact he had on people when when he passed i like i, I never realized how, how big of an impact he had on people until then and it was shocking so to be able to carry that on in the three would just be i, I wouldn't say i would feel like i've filled that glass that i've been trying to fill but it's gonna fill it quite a bit
1: well, we're looking forward to seeing what 2022 and beyond holds for you. And uh, I just want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you for the way you, um, we call them Foreverline brand ambassadors. And I think you're a tr- terrific person to uh, carry on that, that brand and, and be an ambassador for Foreverland. So we certainly appreciate that. Um, but if, if fans want to reach out and connect with you, social media, what's, what's a way to find you out there?
0: Yeah, um, Twitter, it's J. Earnhardt1. Instagram is the same, uh, one J- And then Facebook, just Jeffrey Earnhardt. So I'm not the best on social media. Um, you yeah, know, I've tried to get better. So what's will just it we'll them Come to the race. <laughs> yeah. Just come yeah, to the, right, just right. come support us at the races. But, um, but yeah, you know, follow along because I, I, I can only imagine that next year is going to be better. I know um, we got a lot in the works and hopefully we can continue on everything we're doing. And I thank y'all for everything y'all have done in my career, in my life, um, and the impact y'all have had on me because it's been very impactful.
1: So thank you for joining us. And uh, for our audience, uh, there will be links in the show notes. Uh, you can find out more there, even a link to the video from Harvest. And uh, again, just... Thank you for joining us. Look forward to seeing you back.
0: This is the Fred Carmi, reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.